0: Welcome back to the Keep It Quirky Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Quinn, and this is the pod where I talk with fellow creatives and entrepreneurs about food, travel, and the discipline and drive to create. Passion begets passion. So come on with me and let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am excited to introduce you to this week's guests. Alexandra De Palma, she goes by Alex, and Kenya Anderson, founded Domino Sound, It's a podcast production company, but it's really so much more than that, too. We'll get into all of that. And in this conversation, you'll first hear from Alex, and then we bring in Kenya. And we hear about how the company began, the jumping off the edge to start a company. We also talk about the values that Domino Sound puts front and center. So let me just quote from the front center page of their website. Domino Sound is a woman-owned production and consulting company creating authentic, inclusive audio content. We talk about their mission and how and why they choose the projects they choose to work on. It was a really fun conversation with both of these incredible women. And before we hop right into the conversation, a little bit about the context of how I met Alex, who you'll hear first, was because I've just completed a workshop called The Business of Food, It was put together by Seth Godin and his akimbo workshops. A quick aside on that, I learned so much. I highly recommend this workshop. It was taught by University of California Berkeley professor Will Rosenweg, and it really gave me a better understanding of food systems, and I also met so many incredible people in my cohort. Shout out to you guys if you're listening. (laughs) But Seth runs another workshop called the Podcasting Fellowship, and guess who teaches it? Yeah. Yeah. Alex De Palma. So that's the connection that led to this podcast you're about to hear. Um, But then, of course, we realized that we also have mutual New York friends in common. What up, Jeff and Maya? (laughs) And we all just immediately clicked. It was such a joy to get to know Alex and Kenya. And I hope from this episode, you'll get some hints to listen to about when something is right, like what to look for to know that a career move feels right. Um, Also, how to find your business niche and knowing who your audience is and who your audience isn't. And then really inciting loyalty from that chosen group of people. Lastly, I love their answer for how they keep it quirky. They really just embrace their weirdness. It proves that you can be successful and follow your dreams and stay weird you know i'm all about that um also heads up there is some adult language used a few curse words are thrown in there so just fyi if you have any little ones around all right now it's time enjoy the episode first i talk with alex and then in a bit we bring in kenya Alex De Palma. Hey. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so good to meet you. Have you here. This is great. Thank you for having me to your, this is actually a really large Brooklyn apartment. I know it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And And I have to
1: thank you for bringing the amazing pie that you brought over. Oh yeah. Like changing my life. Okay. So
0: tell them about
1: 4 and 20 Blackbirds. You probably know more about 4 and 20. 4 and 20 Blackbirds is a pie place, like a legendary pie place that's probably like 100 yards from my apartment that I just have never gone to around the corner and when I (laughs) sent you the address of my apartment where we were meeting you were like oh my god that's right next to four and twenty blackbirds have you ever been there I hadn't been there but Katie was kind enough to bring me what was it honey salty honey salty honey pie Mm. it was amazing I'll be going there much more often (laughs) so thank you
0: yeah you're welcome (laughs) you know this used to be my my neighborhood so It's kind of like I'm back home.
1: I know. Isn't that weird going back to a place that you used to live? Yeah. And like seeing how everything changed? Weird and great. It is real. It's very nostalgic. I love doing that.
0: I completely agree. Yeah. So speaking of nostalgia, Mm. I feel like that plays a strong role in storytelling Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that you have your many fingers in. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. tell us about what you do.
1: I'm a podcast producer. Now it's still weird for me to say this, a business owner, a founder of a podcast production company called Domino Sound. Um, And mainly, yeah, it involves a lot of storytelling, but basically, you know, it, at this point we're working on a bunch of new projects and it's, it's essentially just producing podcasts and telling stories. Which is awesome. And so the way
0: that I heard about you and Mm -hmm. Domino Sound was through Seth Godin. I'm in his business of food a oh, really? workshop.
1: Oh, cool. Because yeah. Seth and I teach a podcasting exactly. How did
0: that come about?
1: It was so crazy. That's one of those things like I, you know, one of those like very pivotal moments in your life, essentially. Like I, when I was working, I was working at Midroll slash Stitcher, which is a podcast company, which I recently left in order to start Domino Sound. During, um my job there I was like I was assigned to produce Seth's podcast and at the time it, assignment. it was I mean because it was it was not let me say assignment just in the sense of like this came across my desk and I was the assigned producer yeah, for this okay, project yeah I really wasn't familiar with Seth's work at that point I like I you know I looked him up and then I sent him an email being like it, it looks like we're working together on this and he was like come by my office for lunch
0: he is Prolific. He's right? prolific. I, can't I mean wait to hear it was what, just how like, this went. It okay. was just so
1: amazing. He's prolific. He does a million things. I have like all of his books over here, of course. Um I went to his like apartment, not apartment. His his office is in like an old apartment building. It's very homey. It's lovely. And we just hit it off, like in a big way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just like we became really <laughs> fast friends. Um and we had a great time collaborating on the podcast. And it was he is just somebody who and this is probably his biggest influence on me, is just kind of like jumping in and doing something. Um, He called me probably like on a Wednesday, and he was like, hey, I have this idea to teach a podcast class. Um, I had a family friend who called me, and she basically wants to find an internship, but her parents... Won't let her do like basically she didn't want to do an internship that was kind of like getting coffee and pencil pushing and stuff. Fair. She was like I want to and Seth was like why don't you start a podcast or do something creative and her parents apparently were like you need to do something that has some structure. You know like you need to do something official. So Seth was like why don't we just start our own podcasting class. Do you want to do it. And like immediately I was like I would love to. Yes. I mean, I had never done anything like that before. You know what I mean? Like, I've never taught an online
0: class. Really? No, not at all. So, what was what was that learning curve like for you? It was very steep, really, in the sense okay. of like,
1: well, only because, um, I mean, I was very intimidated at first. You know what I mean? It Understandably was, it was quite so. Quite literally, like, and this is what I mean about throwing you in the deep end. Like, Seth, once I said yes, Seth was like, "Great, like, let's launch it in a month and oh, wow. come back to me." in a week with like your plans wow so for like that week i was just sitting you probably know this you're a creative person too like sitting in front of my google doc just being like fuck what am i gonna do i literally (laughs) just don't know and then i was like kenya who you'll hear from who's the co-founder of domino um also my girlfriend was like sitting there and she was like i was like you know, where do you even begin? Because it's, it's something that you know already. It's hard to even know where to begin to teach people. Yeah. So anyway, Seth, being the genius that he is, he kind of like noticed that I was like radio silent for a little while. And he called me. He was like, he was like, I know that you're scared right now. He was like, I know that you are feeling uncomfortable. He's like, you probably have a bunch of stuff typed up and you're like too scared to share it with me. He was like, just finish up and send it over. And I was like, okay, I just need to do this. So I sent it to him, and it was just kind of, you know, like the lesson outlines and lesson plans. He was like, this is a great start. We tweaked it, and it's been – that's the podcast fellowship, and it's in our third iteration of it right now. We have – ooh, excuse me – 400 students. We've taught – like by now we've taught probably like more, well over 1,000 students. Yeah, it's been super successful. It's been really great. But I
0: love knowing kind of the beginning of that story. I mean, yeah. And I love the – (laughs) <laughs> the whole thing of like just sometimes jumping off the it was edge so jumping is the edge. best
1: way to learn though. I know and I had never done anything like that and
0: because it's hard it takes a lot of courage it
1: definitely does and and it's like and I think the other great thing and this is what another thing that he's taught me is like these are just projects and it was like hmm. if he was not life or thing. death hmm. he was like if 10 people sign up for this we won't do it he's like if 100 do then we will in that first round 400 people signed up for that too and we were wow. just like let's you know let's see how it goes. We're going to do We've it. We've had nothing but great feedback like people saying their lives have been changed, they can communicate better. It's just been it's been really really fun. That is yeah, incredible. I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. And what was... and
0: and what better motivation to continue pushing yourself off of I know. edges, right? I it's know. like oh, this worked. So have you found ways to apply that in other ways of your life? Literally quitting my job and starting a business. There it you is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like there was
1: no – that had never – I'm sure you feel this way too. I mean you have made this big move to London. That was a while ago. But like do you know when you look back at like last year at this time and you're oh like I just – I mean that was actually last year at this time was exactly, exactly when I was coming up with those lessons for the podcast fellowship. Oh my god! And I remember just like it was right in the beginning of April – I was just, and it's just so crazy to think I would never have thought that I would have like started my own company and quit my job. I I, had never not had a job, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's a huge
0: step. I feel like that's something that people Mm -hmm. don't do enough. And I want to say specifically, like freelancers, people right. in the creative space who are just like hustling all right. the time. We don't stop right and think, Where was I last year? I know. And what have I done? And like pat on the back. I know. For do all you I've do any stuff?
1: I, I'm actually like thinking of trying to get more into I guess like journaling type mm. stuff. Do you do any of that stuff where it's like looking
0: back at where you were like documenting things? So I document the, I journal all the time, okay. but I never reference it. I never right. go back. It's okay. just like, Oh, really? It's so just, just to like, it out. get it off my chest kind of thing. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's still good though. I, I feel guess like a good so.
0: Practice. Or it's just a waste of paper. No, I think it's good. <laughs> You'll
1: probably go back eventually.
0: Yeah. When maybe. you're older, when like, see yeah. what you did, you right. know? Those were the days, exactly, exactly. So, how did you get into podcasting audio stuff
1: to begin with? That's a good question. I basically I was at Columbia for undergrad. I studied like English and some like Greek history stuff. I didn't know what I was going to do after. It was kind of like one of those things. I was like, I want to go to grad school, but like, what what grad school do I? It was very not much, not like. I have had this passion for my whole life. You know what I mean? I ended up going to journalism school, which was cool, which was great. Also at Columbia? At NYU. Oh, okay. I had a professor who, at one point, she was like, you have a great voice for radio. You should take the radio class. And I was like, fine. Um, I took you the do. radio class. Can
0: I just say? Thank you so
1: much. I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, I went into production, so I haven't really used it that much. But I studied radio there, and I got my first job at Minnesota Public Radio. Um, That was probably in like 2010. So at Minnesota Public Radio, I was doing, that was really like pre-podcast. You know what i mean? like, there was that like pre-serial stuff. Yeah, pre-serial, exactly. Um, So I was like producing a daily news show, three hours of live radio every day, like screening calls, like hard news stuff. It was amazing. It was like a very formative and great learning experience. Um, But I was in Minnesota. I didn't love the weather. Basically, I was there for like three years, and then somebody who had worked at Minnesota Public Radio was hiring for a new TV network in Miami. So I left Minnesota Public Radio to work in TV in Miami at Fusion. And then basically, I was kind of like, do you know when it's like you do something? I was like, at first, when I left Minnesota Public Radio, I was like, fuck radio. It's so boring. Like, this sucks. I'm going to like go to Miami and do some like cool TV stuff. And after a while of that, I was like, I really miss radio and like audio stuff.
0: Um, so at that point. Well, that's when you know that it's right. When right. you were doing something and you were liking it. Right. But then to like go off that path, exactly. that makes you realize that you, that's if you so miss true. it, that's the that's sign. That's so true.
1: And I think, I don't know if you felt this way with, with things, but like for a while when I, because in radio, it's very much like, You know, you work at public radio. It's like you're an assistant producer, an associate producer, producer. Yeah, there's the ladder. There's that ladder. And I was like, I had veered off so far. I was like, I'm completely like screwed. My career is like so off course. But you're right. Like if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have realized like how much I liked audio and storytelling like that. I don't even bother thinking about a five-year plan because I have literally I can't even conceive of what will be happening in our like media space in five years. I don't think you could even possibly imagine. No
0: one knows. Nobody knows. So People who think they know, they don't know. I know (laughs) that's what I'm saying.
1: So I'm like, I I think that very much resonates what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hopefully I like to think like, it makes me less afraid to do things that, you know, aren't as we're talking about on that path. So yeah, I think it's been good. I mean, do you identify more as like, a video producer, a podcaster, a writer, just all of those things.
0: All of them I feel yeah. like the definition of a multi-hyphenate. Yeah.
1: That's true. But, I and, know but you it kind of, are.
0: but it kind of changes right? So yeah. it's like sometimes I feel more like a right. video person, sometimes I feel like yeah, I inhabit true. the writer side of more. Yeah. That's good that you're versatile like, like that. Day-to-day. And it's
1: cool because I mean <laughs> because when you have all those different skills like it brings so such a variety of opportunities. And that's like what I'm thinking of with Even just starting this company, it's been like so many other different people have reached out to me about different opportunities, even the teaching thing, like having like teaching opportunities. It's just like all of these different branches. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about Domino Mm -hmm. Sound because it's awesome. Yeah. And and I love that you guys put your values Mm -hmm. front and center. I'm so glad you say that because we were kind of not sure, you know? Well, to me, it's something that differentiates you and also because your values align with my values. I'm like, I want, I, you, you're at the top of the list. Right. Right. You know, I appreciate that. Absolutely. And so let's talk about what those values are. You're all about giving a voice. Right. To everyone slash, especially people who might not otherwise have. Right. Definitely.
1: I think like our content is, so the values are definitely kind of like elevating queer slash POC voices, you know, and not in a way of like, weirdly enough, I think I've seen so many different podcast companies' websites that say something similar to that. But the the core of it, that what we're hoping like would make it different, is that people who identify in those categories are the ones who are making the stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I'm a queer woman. Kenya is a queer woman of color. Our other creative consultant, co-founder Victoria Ruiz, is a queer Latinx woman. Um, And the freelancers and everyone we work with would ideally, like, be of those identities. You know what I mean? So I think the difference there is not the attempt of, like, let's just elevate these voices, but actually, like, let's work with these people. (laughs) You know what I
0: mean? Which is all the more empowering.
1: Exactly. And I think it, it was, what I mentioned to you was, like, when we were building our website and coming up with, like, our, not just tagline, you know, just, like, our Our idea for domino sound it was like should we be so front and center with this stuff like is it going to alienate people that basically we could get money from you know what i mean is this going to be a bad business move in the end it really is like that just draws the people that we would want to work with like knowing that and it it definitely if it alienates people those are not the people we want to work with you know know what what this is
0: so yes i i love this and i've had the same struggle and it is it is hard and I actually yeah. feel like I have not done that as well mm, as I ought really? to. Really? How so? Um I've worked with brands that don't right. like big brands I mean, with a big hard. paycheck. I know. But and now and it's like really Katie, you didn't need that. You didn't did you, you didn't not? need that paycheck to survive. I guess not to survive. But like I needed you it to freedom. Yeah, to give me
1: freedom. You know what? And yeah. And we're very much. I mean, thinking of five-year plans like I I hesitate to even say it because I, it's probably not realistic, but like very much my goal is to never have to do another branded project again. Whoa. And I know that's not like. <laughs> Did, wait, it does, that, does that
0: even exist? Like how else do you get money?
1: I know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think it exists because as of right now, like many other podcast companies, like our model is taking those branded projects that can then fund like the three original pilots that we're making yes. and like seeing where we can go with that. Yeah. You know, there, it's not, it's not that they're bad. It's like, it's just, there's so many compromises and it's such one of those things like, cause when I was at Stitcher, I was working exclusively in branded podcasts and it was just, it's just one of those things like you're reporting to an agency and then the agency's agency oh gosh, and then the client yeah. and like, just like the, the it's rounds so, of, I think I don't, so you're crazy. Right. it's not realistic to say that we're never going to do it but again, but it's a good goal. It's a good goal, right? I don't know how the fuck it would happen. Mm. But that's what I'm thinking. Make I'm it, like, make it right? happen, Alex. Make it happen. If you make it now happen. Now I have it on then, tape. am yeah. like, but there's still, like, projects that can be really, like, that's that's the other challenge, is I'm sure you're finding, too, is, like, finding brands that still somewhat align with your values. Like yeah,
0: because they, they are out there, right? They're out there. The they one exist? that we just
1: did, which was actually really amazing, was our first official Domino project was a podcast that was in collaboration with the... Seattle tourism board so visit Seattle yeah and like they picked the most amazing guests like every single person on there was literally either queer or a person of color every single guest the host too and like they just had amazing stories they were doing really cool shit in Seattle so that's the kind of thing that was like really lucky but then you know we're having conversations with like law firms and banks you know but that's okay but all that to say we're that's allowing us to develop like really
0: really cool original content that we're hopefully going to be shopping around I mean do you think that 5 10 years ago there would have been a production company that that has these values
1: it makes me think of like I'm very close with my dad super close we talk every day and so like when he saw the website he had the exact reaction he, that I was fearing where he was like he was like if you're working in media he's like you need to be like broad you can't like narrow yourself down like you can't like just appeal to this one tiny group you're going to like be alienating people and I think that's like a mentality that's very much, you know, well, first of all, he doesn't even work in media. He doesn't know shit. But it was like, you know what I mean? It's just it's definitely a typical dad it's comment. It's a typical dad comment and it's typical. Like, I do think 10 years ago that wouldn't have necessarily been viable. You know what I mean? But now I've been actually shocked. Like, I had a great meeting the other day with like um a straight white guy who emailed me and has a production company of a similar size. And he was like, there are certain projects that I'm getting in that like as a straight white man, I don't feel comfortable taking on. And I know that I wouldn't do the best job. So like I wanted to meet with you. And maybe we could pass some of those on to you. So I think it's something that like people, I, I don't know whether it's like cancel culture and people are afraid of getting canceled, which good, <laughs> but like, it, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't think people would have been thinking about that anytime like within the past five years. I
0: totally agree. Maybe not even in the past, like three, three. years ago. I know. Yeah,
1: I know. So it's definitely like seems positive and it definitely is something where it's like, there are enough people who share our values that we would be able to do a bunch of projects with yeah them, I think
0: <laughs> yeah and not not to take it back to Seth but yeah it is, this is something that he talks about right is like you're not going to pe- to appeal to everyone exactly. so find out who you appeal to exactly and like you know make them your loyal your loyal audience, audience. I know he does talk about that and, and I, that's that's yeah. I struggle with that too because I feel like the intuitive thing is to have your dad's mentality right and that is how I have historically that's mm-hmm. how it's been yeah on my youtube channel and like all everything i do but i am recently and i also feel like maybe it's my age where mm-hmm. i'm like no i believe this and i don't yeah. believe this yeah and this is who i am and i'm gonna stand up for that i
1: think we're lucky to be able to do that you know what i mean I like so. to have that kind of not flexibility but that freedom to like freedom do that. yeah
0: it's still something i'm slowly wrapping my mind around though so you're you are inspiring me <laughs> well i appreciate
1: that i think you're totally right that it's like loyal audiences mm-hmm. and and one of the podcasts I do called Food for Thought which is now in the Domino family yeah let's family, talk about it and congratulations she, because oh, thank it you so much. has won awards and it has like, it's know. been amazing and it's like that to me though is just one of those examples of like I mean we recently got signed by WME we're like doing tours we're like you know people are wanting them to write a book like all really exciting stuff and it's like very interesting to me because sometimes people ask me like I love the show but like you guys can't get more than like 50,000 downloads an episode and we don't you know what I mean like it's like that but to like that's like a, sm- a really small audience you know what I mean but like, I mean the people who are to me
0: that's a lot but <laughs> no I know what you mean
1: but like to right. when you're like pitching it out to like a huge network they're it, like yeah. you need like 250,000 downloads yeah. to make money on ads Right. but like those listeners that we have like we put out I think we put out a survey for our listeners and like 75% of listeners responded Okay. you know what I mean so it's they just, are like, die very hard. loyal like die hard yeah. exactly and yeah. like that to me is like more valuable in a sense than maybe not more valuable, but equally valuable Very to having like a quarter of a million downloads. Absolutely. You know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: It's the whole micro influencer. Oh my god, I laugh. In my Twitter bio I have nano influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Just because there was a New York Times article, The Rise of the Nano Influencer. Yeah. I was like, this has to be
0: trolling. This is But a- it was
1: real. It be- I'm not an I guess I technically am a nano influencer because I don't have any followers. But yeah.
0: That's- <laughs> but go follow her. What are you Follow at- me yeah.
1: at L S De Palma, L S D i p a l m a go make her a legit platforms. make me a real influencer guys legit please. influencer and domino sound yes. co on on uh, instagram domino yeah. sound co
0: and i'll put all this in yeah. the in, in the show the notes, show notes. Yeah. yeah all right so how would you introduce your co-founder kenya how could i introduce kenya
1: she's a creative force she's very she's a magnet for creative people for anyone like when you meet her you'll hear but um and she's somebody who she. – I'm not going to get into her background because she can tell you about it. But she is kind of somebody – She's she basically – she's a great writer. So she does a lot of, like, script writing and conceptual stuff for Domino. Um, but we've been working together for the past, you know, five months since Domino started. And as I mentioned, we're partners and we live together. So – actually it's really funny neither of us had any hesitation of going into it and we told friends about this and they were like that's a terrible idea <laughs> they're like do yeah. not found a business with your partner and I was like I, I didn't even think that it would be anything negative and it hasn't been at all that's it's amazing, been amazing. It,
0: that's a special dynamic
1: I know it is it's just been so cool like even on the Seattle project we'll like it's it's not a vacation because we're working a lot, but it's like just you can being find with a elements of yeah.
0: vacation in it. Exactly. I agree. Whenever I travel with Connor, it's like, yeah. oh, when you otherwise I would maybe like eat pizza in my hotel room right. and it's exactly. like, okay, the next work day, it's Isn't like, that different? Different. Let's go out and get tacos. Exactly. Or whatever. And I'm
1: sure you guys have the same dynamic in the sense of even if you don't like have a business together, but like you guys work in the same general industry. And, and it's we like, met as coworkers. You met so, as coworkers. Yeah. That's so cute. And It's really, really nice to have somebody in those stressful moments, like really understanding what you're going through. It's It's really big. It's
0: amazing. It's super big. But I'll let Kenya tell her own story. Everyone, this is Kenya Anderson. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So we were just talking with Alex about Domino Sound. Tell me more about how it began and like, what were those first conversations?
2: Um, It honestly uh, wasn't like that. Like, It wasn't like we're going to... I mean, we knew we were starting a business, but we had kind of been just working together on freelance projects already, Um, so we technically had to start the business in order to get paid for one project.
0: Okay, that's important. So,
2: yeah. So, (laughs) it was, um, we had just come back from our trip to Jamaica. We were very into dominoes at that moment because, (laughs) I mean, there was, I mean, we were in the middle of the rainforest. Alex just, like randomly last minute booked a trip to the rainforest in jamaica amazing and honestly it was scary and like we hit a person on the way there and the car was on the right wrong side and it was just you know it was different but (laughs) it was really life-changing and the only thing really to do there was to play dominoes and so our little you know airbnb host just gave us drinks and we played dominoes and we had such a love for for dominoes after that. It's something that I played when I was a child, um, but never really played in adulthood. And it was just so refreshing and, like, fun and it's cool when you're, like, you know, kind of disconnected from the internet. You're forced to. Yeah,
0: I love um, that. It yeah. also <laughs> makes me literally want to go get, like, a domino set. Right, And right. incorporate it into my life.
2: Yeah, and so the way the the Rainforest was set up, the natural acu- Acoustics, I guess, um, <laughs> is that you could just hear the old men would just drink and just slam dominoes all night. So there was, like, a particular literally domino sound of just, like, dominoes being slammed on wooden tables that would like echo through the rainforest. And then
0: that is where it ties in with the audio. so we came
2: back maybe like, it was a few days after and I think we had this, we got this deal and um, they were like you have to be a corporation and so we had a very short amount of time to like figure out what we were going to name it and we were like, why about, why not domino sound, you know (laughs) sounds cute, we're like we've been talking about dominoes, we got this amazing Jamaican domino set. I think it's over there. I can show it to you. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. It was all very last minute. We weren't, like, thinking, like, we're going to start a business for, you know, for months. We weren't, like, really plotting on it. It just kind of happened. Wow. We were just, like, freelancers working together. Um, Sometimes
0: that's how things happen, Yeah, though, which right? was really
2: great because it wasn't, you know, my... I'm definitely not the business person. Like, I really don't like business that much and <laughs> capitalism and all of that. <laughs> but... Um, I, I know in general when you when you have to when you want to start a business it's like you know how you're going to get the money and the investors and you know it's usually I feel like so much output of personal money and a sacrifice and it's a big risk with this it was just kind of like we had to and we knew we were going to get paid so we're like you know what this is an opportunity to just do it you know we don't have to go into extreme debt to start this let's do it you know people kind of already know us and our I guess our brand, if you want to say that, like people, people know us around. Well,
0: Um, and and so at this point when it's like, so people knew you around, do you think that they also associated you with the values that you have then put so front and center with domino sound or was it really, did it need to be kind of solidified by creating domino sound? I think, um, a lot of the
2: people we knew personally, as like the mutual friends we have, um, I think they pretty much understood our values, and I'm very vocal online, on my personal, you know, just online and in life, um, about my values, so I think
0: people probably knew my values. Well, so, um, and the, just because we're throwing the word yeah. values around yeah, so, so much. Many. Well, but, and no, but Alex and I talked about yeah. the, val- the- I'm not going to let myself say values. I know, I know. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) values. It sounds like we're saying it over and over again. But can you, um, what does it mean to you? Um,
2: So, my values in particular are, and this is someone who has quite a bit of experience in different areas of the media industry, so like film and television and radio and now podcasting, um, it's just really all too white. And too male and honestly, too old. Like, I'm not ageist. I love my, like, you know, elderly queens and <laughs> <laughs> all the people that are wiser than me and have been on Earth longer. Yeah, yeah. But there's something with this industry that it, it kind of disgusts me. And it's there's been such a, a barrier to um, a certain level of, like, achievement or a certain... Um, audience demographic you can reach out to just because of there's been you know middlemen and middlemen and agents and all these big companies. A ton of
0: gatekeepers. A ton of gatekeepers
2: and I feel like they they love to make money off of young people but they want to keep most of the money like they love the idea of having young people bring their creativity and everything but you know in the end it's about making money and so I've always really been disturbed (laughs) <laughs> when um, the people that are bringing a lot of creativity and, you know, fresh ideas to the table aren't really getting the bulk of the return for their product. Um, so, yeah, our values are very, very, like, strong women, queer, inclusive, brown, young, you know, just and telling stories that, I guess, haven't really been told or just getting a chance to be told, um, just giving a different perspective on life and where things are especially I feel like we're in a very interesting time in America
0: (laughs) I mean honestly all over the world in in, all over the world too right I think I just
2: feel it because I mean honestly like the Brexit stuff I can't even get into it because it's like so deep and complicated and I honestly don't even understand what the hell is happening in America I know
0: right
2: (laughs) I yeah the whole world definitely is going through such an interesting time and I think our age group and younger um are the ones that really need to have their voices amplified right now because we're the future, literally.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Quite literally. I feel like that's why I was drawn to to reach out to Alex yeah. and to what you guys do is because you are stepping up in a time that people need to step up. Yeah. So that's the, you know, let's, let's look at the bright side of things. <laughs> it is like... I, I hope it is motivating more people than just you guys. I think it is yeah. to like make their voices heard, and yeah. what you guys are quite literally <laughs> making the voices of others be heard too. I don't know, especially in a time where everything is
2: so uncertain. It's like why not just like go crazy and Give start a, a business? I know it's like why not? Because like who honestly who knows what's gonna happen in the future with any of this? Yeah. So I'm like, why not? You know, this is this is the time. this now is the time. Now is the time. Yeah. Well,
0: Alex and I were talking about just pushing yourself off a ledge is terrifying. Definitely. But sometimes it's the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. Just try stuff, you know?
2: Yeah. And it's been so great because I think a lot of times when you're a creative person or just trying to figure out your way in these sort of fields, um, you might not know who to reach out to or who else Mm thinks like you, but I think so many people do. And just from starting this, like we've had so many people reach out have been like, I've been waiting for like a queer or a female owned uh, podcast company to tell my story. Um, A queer marine biologist reached out to us and was like, this is exactly like the network my podcast can be on. Incredible. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I, I love this because it goes to show even in the business world, like, you know, take that risk. Also, when you think about it too, you were filling a void. Yeah.
2: That's what we sought to do. Cause we saw, I would see, you know, there's so many in podcasting is really, you
0: know, it's it's hot now. Everyone has
2: it. So it is kind of crazy starting a business when everyone has it, but I love observing things in the industry and the way that people react to certain announcements in the industry. And I've, I've just been looking online as I do, stalking everyone. Um, and I've been noticing, you know, there's a lot of new podcast companies and and streaming companies. And, and you know, minorities are, quite frankly, just tired of it. And, you know, they're just not even going to support companies like this anymore. And so I, I realized that people are now caring more about having, you know, people of color and minorities and women actually behind the scenes, not just at first it was just like visibility, you know, mm. But now it's like, wait, because if you have a, you know, a black person in the show, but it's written by a white person, you know, it's still not authentic through and through. So it was a space. It's really a space. And we also know that, you know, we don't know everything. So if there's a show or a certain topic that we need to talk about, you know, we can also hire our friends. We're freelancers that, you know, actually understand that experience. And I think a lot of companies don't understand that. Yeah, that's where we're coming from. Um, a space of understanding and, you know, we're willing to let people tell their own stories and talk about what they have expertise in. Cause honestly, like just from recording the show with a marine biologist, I've learned so much about nature. And I love her motivation is to sort of um, let young people know that queerness is natural. And a lot of Hmm. natural queer, you know, stories of plants and animals have been suppressed by, you know, years and years of, By the man. By the man. I'm like, there's so much to go into there. But yes. And so she's coming with all these facts and receipts. And it's really funny and really interesting. There's animals that completely change genders, like in the deep sea. And it's totally chill. (laughs) There's like women that have like, I mean, they've turned full lesbian. And just now they figured out they've evolved and they get each other pregnant. And all the men have died. And there's just all of these weird, like, Whoa. wonky things going on, like, deep in the rainforest oh My and God in the deep sea. My
0: face is like... Exactly.
2: So, yeah, because we were talking... <laughs> it was so funny. When we first had the meeting about the podcast, we met in a cafe, and we were just talking about, like, fish penises. And, like, the guy next to us was so disturbed. He kept looking at us, and he was just like, I'm clearly trying to work. Yeah. <laughs> Can you stop talking about this? It's Please. kind
0: of... A- that's kind of very New York City to yeah, me Very as well. New York City. Yeah. Um,
2: but, you know, for me, I love it. I love all things about nature and all those weird stories. So um, yeah, we also really want to bring an educational Mm -hmm. aspect to things. So we want either, you know, socially learning, social learning, I guess you could call it, because that's uh, really what people need to do now (laughs) in today's world. Uh, Learn how to interact with each other and treat each other more kindly and be more patient and understanding. So I think that's what we're trying to really uh, push through. Those are our values (laughs) it's great yeah
0: i like the finger quotes at this point in the in the podcast i I think that's necessary you're from yeah so i grew
2: up half half of my childhood in new orleans and then hurricane katrina happened when i was 14 i think so then i moved outside of dc to fairfax county Oh. Do you know anything about outside of D.C.? I don't. Okay, so, I yeah, Northern Virginia, Fairfax County. Yeah, okay. Shout out everyone that lives there. <laughs> Hello, they know. Um, it's not, like, a really poppin' place or <laughs> anything, but shout out to my high school friends. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, so I would say, because my mother is from New Orleans and my dad is from D.C., Okay. so I spent, like, equal time growing up in both of those places, so I have much love for both of those cities. Nice. And, yeah, definitely shaped the way. I view the world. I'm definitely a city girl.
0: How do you, but how do you see, I'm always intrigued by like how people grew up and how how would you put words on how that shaped your worldview? New
2: Orleans is like honestly one of the most wacky places um, I've ever experienced, which I love. So I, you know, it's very diverse. I think I learned how to talk to and be with a lot of different types of people uh, growing up there. It's also super queer, so I saw, like, you know, just queer people everywhere. Um, it's also very, like, lit and exciting, so, like, I I definitely have that in me, like, loving to have the best time as possible. Like, yeah. here on Earth, you might as well just be doing, you know, having the best time with friends, family, That like, is out. That's
0: a New Orleans like, vibe. Eat your, you know eat I love your it. heart till you yes. just, like, pass out,
2: you know, drink, twerk, you know, all of that <laughs> stuff is literally me. Like, that is so ingrained in me. <laughs> Um in DC I feel like it's well right now it's I feel like it has a dark cloud over it. Um but just going cloud- to my Cloud's move. Yeah, clouds definitely move. <laughs> Let's try to stay positive. Um so seeing my grandma's house where it is now it's actually very interesting cuz DC went through extreme gentrification. So I remember um, like in the 90s where my grandma lived it was just like crack and prostitutes, and honestly, a lot of crazy shit. What you hear about DC in the 80s and 90s. Um, And
0: like New York and everywhere. Yeah, and everywhere.
2: Um, But DC was one of the first places that I saw slowly changing, because I would come back and I'd be like, whoa, there's white people? (laughs) And then I was like, whoa, it's all white people? And then I'm like, (laughs) wait, there's Starbucks? So I feel like um, DC really showed me the ways in which a space can change in a very short amount
0: of time. Kenya, thank you. Let's thank you. bring Alex back in. Yes. I want to have both of you on the mic okay, for perfect. a minute. Check, check. Check, check. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked a lot about values with both of you. Yeah. <laughs> we were saying the words so much, so Kenya much and I, that we were like, we need values. to start doing this in air quotes now. <laughs> values. But I think that a lot of people listening to this who, if they happen to be white men Mm. in particular or i'm a white woman Mm -hmm. as am i (laughs) but okay on a straight white Uh woman right i'm talking about all of these things and as i've said before and i'll say it again your values being up front was something that drew you to me like Mm -hmm. a you know like a bug to a flame Mm -hmm. i was like yes i love this i support Mm -hmm. this i want to be a part of this Mm -hmm. right um What would you say, though, to some people who are listening and are like, yeah, that's cool, what do I do about that? So,
2: shout out to all my white boys, um, (laughs) this is a white male world, so like that's just period, Um, that's who the world is controlled by. So I think, as a straight white male, or a straight white person, or a straight person, whatever minority you are not, if you have any sort of leverage or way that you can connect people, um, do that with the best intentions, and also don't use people so what I've noticed is in this industry a lot of people will be like can I ask for your advice on this project but like never pay you or like can you connect me with some like cool queer millennials but then never pay you so another thing is like as art is amazing you still need money unfortunately (laughs) to live and work and thrive in this world so pay people for their consulting and I think like definitely continue to do your like straight white man podcast like there's there needs to be that. I mean, you have an audience, but I do think with any sort of power that you have, um, and definitely when it comes to telling other stories that you don't understand, like, I think if you're straight, like, don't write a gay story. I mean, like, I just, I just... Yeah, you that's know, just, not your place just, so Yeah, so just, yeah, I think, expertise. <laughs> if you realize what your place is, just know your place and uh, step back when it's your time to step back. But, like, if you're just doing you, like... Do you, boo, you know? I support that. (laughs) But definitely when it comes to being an ally, um, try to be as um, proactive as possible. So if you know a freelancer or people that are looking for freelancers to work on stories or anything, really, see if you can, you know, reach out to some people of color or some queer people or, you know, anything like that. Just, Just make sure that you know that the world is very unequal. You're leading it. And so it's your job and you're the main... Person type of person, I guess majority that can sort of even the playing field. This was like a pep equity. talk for them. This <laughs> oh is goodness.
0: excellent. Yeah. You were on. It was so good, Kenya, that I didn't want to stop you when the siren went in the, <laughs> no, on the background in Ninth Street. I didn't even notice that. That was great. Thank I can't you. I can add to that. <laughs> Alex and Kenya, how do you keep it quirky? We're just fucking weirdos. We're
1: always, I think it's like, we keep it quirky by, I, I don't know what it is. We're always singing. We're always like, we laugh when we're together, but we're just weird together. And we try and bring that into our business. Domino sound.
2: Yes. Um, I like to twerk to show tunes. Yes. Oh my um, God.
0: Like what show tunes?
2: Um, I love Yentel.
0: What? <laughs> So, so not what I, you no, not Yentl, what
2: I Yentl expected. the
1: soundtrack all not what I expected. Yentl
2: fucking slaps. <laughs> Yentl is that shit. Everyone watch it immediately. Don't sleep on Yentl. That's what I have to say. Um, so I love mixing it up, you know? Um, we love dancing, singing, being weird. We like going outside. We like dressing kind of funky. I like dyeing my hair a lot and changing my hair every other week. Um, and all of our friends are weird, too, so like... I there, there's no other option but to be weird.
0: Yeah, get a network of so, weirdos.
2: Yeah, it's perfect. Network
1: of weirdos. And you always say your tagline like "passion begets passion." I think we're trying to just like work on things we're passionate about, and I guess be quirky in
0: those areas.
2: Yeah, stay weird.
0: I love it, Alex and Kenya. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. thank You
2: so thank much you. for having us. It was so fun. Thank you.
0: Big thanks again to Alex and Kenya. You can check them out on Instagram at Domino Sound Co. I've linked to several things that we've talked about during this episode in the show notes, in the podcast show notes. So check that out. Thanks, as always, to Funky Brian for the theme song you're listening to right now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, rate it, review it, all that fun stuff. That kind of thing goes a long way, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. I will see you back here in two weeks' time with another awesome guest. And hopefully by that time, I'll be able to share some really exciting news with you all. Uh, I can't wait. (laughs) All right. In the meantime, don't forget to keep it quirky. I'll see you guys back here soon.